Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech Episode 2 Moodle Part 2 for the week of April 29th, 2010. Hello, everyone, as always. Uh, this is Mark uh, here with you and uh, my co host, Sean. Wave at everybody, Sean. Um, yeah. Today, things are a little different. I am alone in the Tightwad Central control room. Uh, Sean <laughs> is having to join us from offsite, so uh, if he sounds a little different, that's why he'll be Skyping in just like our two guests for the day. So uh, we welcome you all to uh, this week's episode. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about Moodle uh, from a teacher point of view. Last week, we, uh, uh, or in our last episode, rather, we spoke uh, to a couple of tech geeks. Uh, seventh level uber geeks that they were about uh, moodle uh this week we're going to talk to a couple of award-winning teachers um these are teachers uh one is uh, in texas and one is in florida and uh, they have been doing some awesome things uh with uh, moodle and and we're going to talk to them but before we do that um i'm going to uh diverge a little bit uh, as I am wont to do and talk about a new little tool that uh, that I have just recently um, started playing with called boxy b o x e e um, it's a uh, well as I mentioned earlier in our uh, um, uh, discussion our brief and entirely uninformed discussion on the iPad that we had uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> we've been I, I still can't believe uh, you know there weren't any bullets that were shot our way <laughs> Uh, no, no. In fact, uh, just I'm going to take an aside from my aside. Uh, I was at a, a a bit of a mini convention uh, conference sort of thing last week, and I had the opportunity to to spend a good deal of time with the iPods, uh, iPads there around me. There were quite a few, and I stand by my original assessment. Um, it's a toy. Um, and there were lots of people there looking to shoehorn in some educational value, uh, some administrative reason, some purpose for having spent that 500 bucks, but they were all having a hard time with it. Well, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because uh, now as we're talking about Moodle and we talk about the iPad really being more of a uh, consumption device, you know, I could maybe see something there when, uh, you know, with uh, – you know, if you have a school district that's got a robust Moodle and, you know, maybe where students could actually use that as an access tool, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just you know, reaching a little bit there. Yeah, but I got one word for you, buddy. Netbook. Uh, it's just not Yeah, and, and I tend to agree with you. You know, you can get a netbook for cheaper and do uh, a heck of a lot more on it. So uh, to me, again, it just seems seems to be more of a, a status device or uh, something like that. It's it, it's interesting. I won't argue the fact that it's great hardware and they're beautiful, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I'll agree with you. A toy is All right, a good so word. Let me check that off the list here. Show intro, uh, Sean's not here, bash Apple. All right, so we check those <laughs> off the list and <laughs> we can move on. All right, I just want to spend just a few minutes talking about a software that is uh, is new to me, but it's, it's not actually new out there. It's called Boxy. Their website is boxee.com. TV, um, and as I've mentioned before, I'm on this quest to build uh, the ultimate media center PC, the the home theater PC for uh, for my home. And and I've talked about why the fact that DVDs have a very short life expectancy around children, and um, right. I bought myself a little um, Aspire Revo uh, computer uh, over the weekend. It's a little $200 box that. Uh, can't do much, but what it can do, it does really well. And one of those things it does really well, thanks to the new NVIDIA Ion uh, chipset, is 720p high-def video. 
so this is a little netbook with a, a 900 megahertz um, uh, Atom processor and a gig of RAM. You know, you would not want to do heavy-duty number crunching on this thing, but because of that NVIDIA ION chipset, it becomes a really good um, media-playing device. So I bought this thing, <clears throat> I hooked it up, and installed the Boxy software on it. And uh, what Boxy does is... Uh, it indexes your media files. You just point it at a, a folder on the network or even on the local machine. And uh, say I, I put all my, my – I had ripped a bunch of DVDs out there. And, and all I had was just like uh, the movie file. Right? We'll say, um, okay, something obscure, um, Cool Runnings. Uh, the, okay. the, the, the mid nineties, uh, John Candy movie. All right. I just had an MP4 out there that I had ripped. I threw that out there. It went out and grabbed the cover art from the DVD and threw it up there. And oh, I'm, ass wow. I'm assuming it got it from IMDb, but an excerpt from, uh, you know, a, a description of the movie plus a star rating. And oh, wow. it did that for every movie. I, the only thing that it couldn't handle was, uh, Bill Involves, here your, here's your sign. <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't know what it was about that one that it couldn't handle. But I threw uh, more than a dozen, uh, uh, not quite two dozen, but I threw a bunch of uh, media files at it, and it, it found them all. And then I pointed it to my thousands of MP3s, and it found all of those. And it just indexed them. It threw the cover art up there. It had a description. It had links to the band's website. Um, and then also with that, it has integration with YouTube and with, uh, with Hulu and with uh, Netflix. Um, if you're a Netflix user, you put your credentials in there and your queue just comes up and you can play it from the media center. And it all works with um, really four input commands. Uh, like from a keyboard or mouse, it's got up, down, left, right, and and right click, uh, uh, left click. So you can do it all with a mouse. I ordered a little five dollar remote control from Amazon. I haven't gotten it in yet. I'll I'll talk about it when I do. Um, but uh, I think it's just going to be the perfect setup uh, or the near perfect setup. Boxy is in beta right now. Uh, when it's done, they're going to offer a, a a hardware product called the Boxy Box. That from the looks okay. of it is pretty much the computer I bought. But, you know, I'm trying to be ahead of the curve here. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to talk about that, that software. It's, it's really very impressive and very intuitive and very simple. My, my, my five-year-old had no trouble navigating it. Uh, you know, had the pictures of the movie she wanted. She wanted to watch A Bug's Life. There was the cover of A Bug's Life, courtesy of, of its indexing abilities. She clicked on it, and, and there was a, a big play button. She clicked on that. And we were watching... 720p high def surround sound, you know, off of this little two hundred dollar box sitting behind the TV. It was very impressive. Oh, that that's great. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, for those of us or for those out there that don't know, you know, uh, Mark and I both have small children, and uh, for anybody out there who has or who has had small children, I guess in the last what ten years or so since DVDs really became prevalent. Uh, it, it, that's a nightmare. I mean, just the, the kids, you know, I, I have a three-year-old, and she knows how to pull a DVD out of the case and put it in the, in the DVD player. And while that's really cool, uh, your DVDs don't last very long that way. So uh, Yeah, because something like always happens between the case and the DVD player. Um, apparently they have sandpaper on their fingers. I'm not exactly sure, but something <laughs> always happens on that really short trip. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, and in fact, I'm, I'm pretty well convinced that DVDs have some sort of oil or something on them because uh, I haven't seen mine be able to handle that thing without dropping it at least once before it makes it to the player. 
I'm looking forward to the day when the Motion Picture Artists Association figures this whole digital media thing out, like the like the music uh, industry did, the RIAA did, finally did, and yeah. that there's like an iTunes store or a Zune store or something like that where I can just go download my videos. Netflix comes close, but it's streaming. You know, I, I just want to be able to put that sucker in a file and have it forever. And and I, I don't know what the issue is preventing them from that but when they do you know dvds will go away and i'm sure that'll be integrated into boxy and i'll just be able to go to the fox website and download whatever their latest and greatest movie is and that'll be awesome right i i agree with you i think you know and this may take us 10 years to get there it's funny we're already transitioning to a new media the blu-ray but uh I don't know that Blu-ray is going to have a chance to really fully make it because, uh, you know, I think just a handful of years from now, that's going to be how people are used to getting that stuff. Okay. Well, so, and, uh, yeah. so we've bashed Apple and we've rambled on endlessly about something most people don't care about. So that's checked off the list. <laughs> and, uh, so now I'm not going to keep our guests waiting any longer. We have, uh, with us, uh, uh, Pam Cranford of White Oak ISD in White Oak, Texas, and Eric, whose last name I always butcher, so I'm going to let him say it, uh, from Ocoee, uh, Middle School in Ocoee, Florida, which is in Orange County. And, uh, we welcome the, those guys, uh, the guys and gals to our show. Absolutely. Good to have you here. Uh, so, uh, I'll just ask you, uh, first, Pam, uh, just give us a little bit of introduction about yourself. Who is Pam Cranford and, uh, what does she know about Moodle? Well, um, I started using Moodle probably about, uh, four or five years ago, whenever we changed over from class server and I had written several lessons, close to 200 lessons and I didn't want to lose them all. And so, uh, our, uh, chief of technology said this is the direction that we're going to be going and so we began to move these over to moodle and i, and I gotta admit we did drag our feet a little bit you know dig those hills in and resist any kind of change and oh my gosh now i'm like i just kick myself for 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 even having any hesitation it is awesome and we have uh, just a multitude of teachers jumping on board and 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 some of our uh Elementary classes are completely going paperless and doing all their instruction through middle lessons. Excellent. Um, all right, uh, Eric, your turn. What? Who is? Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I, even going to try your last name. You, okay. you just I'm, go. <laughs> I'm Eric Swabek, and uh, I live in Orlando, Florida. And um, I taught elementary school for eight years, and I've taught middle school for the last uh, eight years as well. And I teach middle school math. And uh, I heard about Moodle, and they showed me at the showed it to me at my school. And I, a lot of my teachers in my school were using it as an assessment piece. And you know, I said, "Hey, that's that's great. I can understand, you know, how nice it is using it to grade your papers and take all your documentation and have all your data." Because I'm sure Texas and Florida are both pretty much uh, data driven in the same direction. And uh, yeah. You know what I noticed is, is I said, "Hey, I want to, I, I want an instructional piece, not the assessment piece." So I started looking at all the different things, and and I actually use uh, smart software. I use a, a smart tablet in my classroom, and I actually have the ability to to record my lessons. And basically, it's just a screen capture, and I'm recording everything I'm writing and doing, and then I post that on Moodle. So when a kid goes home and says, "Hey, mom, I need help with my homework." You know, mm -hmm. the first thing the mom's going to say is, hey, let's go to Moodle and see see Mr. Schwalbeck work out that problem. So not only does it help on a daily 
Oh, did we lose him? There he is. Hello? And we dropped out there for just a second. Yes. You're kind of coming and going. Am I here now? Yeah, we've got you. Yeah, now. we got you. <laughs> the oh, beauties okay. of the internet. Okay, sorry about that. I don't That's know where right. I lost you, but but uh, I just, like she said, I wish I would have known about this, you know, three years ago because in uh, Florida where there's the big push of, of, you know, student learning gains, and I've been the guy that I could always get, you know, 90%, 91% learning gains, but how am I going to get that other 7 or 8%? And um, I look at Moodle and I say, hey, this is this is the ticket. I, I can get all 100%. Whether they're absent, um, whether they need to rehear the lesson, I can I can get them all. So that's kind of my take on it. Great. Um, all right. Well, we'll just begin with uh, some sort of round robin questions here, and um, I guess we'll uh, we'll do ladies first. So Pam, I'll ask you to answer first, and then Eric can follow up. Uh, from a teacher's perspective, what is a Moodle? If there's a teacher out there who's never heard of Moodle, what the heck is it? Well, I'm going to say that. Um, uh, First of all, they want to know, of course, what it is, and it's a it's an acronym, just like anything else in education. It's an acronym. It stands for Modular Object Oriented Dynamic Learning Environment. All it is is a a course management system uh, where you can actually take your curriculum and put it online, and then you can uh, modify this to meet the individual needs of your of your students. Um, it, it very a very good tool for keeping all your your data right there in one spot. Um, it just takes those papers that you're running off every single year about the same time every year, and it just puts it accessible right there at, at, a, at a click. So it's a time saver. It's a, it's a way to put your entire course online. It's a way to differentiate all the way down from special education up to your gifted and talented kids. All right, Eric. Um. Actually, I, I agree with everything she just said, and uh, I want to take it one step further. Um, when I started doing my research on what is Moodle, is um, I actually believe Moodle's whatever you want it to be. Um, from I heard a great explanation on it on uh, YouTube that uh, it's like a big Lego board, and uh, as an instructor or as an educator, you figure out, hey, what what piece of the Legos do I want to use? Assessment, teaching, um, grading. Um, Anything that you think of, there's a little Lego that can go on your board. So if you say, hey, I only want to use this one little piece of it, hey, that's fine. But if you think of something that you want to do with it, whether it's blogging, whether it's interactive, um, you know, I, I probably, you know, would, would say that Moodle's whatever you want it to be. There's, there's, no, um, there's no ceiling on where it's, where it's going. Um, if somebody comes up with a good idea, they create a new module and they plug it in, and lo and behold, now all of a sudden students can record themselves talking to the teacher, and uh, it's it's just amazing. So it's everything she said plus anything you want it to be. So if you think, well, what do I need help with? What makes my job challenging? Well, look at Moodle and say, well, I need help with this. For example, creating papers, running off copies, everything that she said, it's there. Okay, well, I want to try to help you know, uh, my bottom 25%. Okay, well, how do I multiply myself? I can't teach all of those kids. Well, you can give them a prescriptive lesson where they go on and watch specific lessons that you're teaching um, on their weak area. So let's say you have a state standardized test and they have trouble with measurement. Well, guess what? 
on Moodle. They can go on and they can watch your specific lesson lessons on measurement. There's also a, uh, the ability to go on and print reports, and you can see where the kids went, um, what time they went on there, and uh, they can also ask teacher questions if they're having trouble. A lot of kids are afraid to raise their hand. Um, they can just ask their question right there, and, and you get personal one-on-one -on -one, um conversations and, and the ability to develop a relationship that you can't develop with a with a shy student that's afraid to ask the question so I guess that's my uh, my answer in a roundabout way I like the I like the whatever you want it to be aspect uh, uh, in our previous podcast the the one that was more tech centered uh, one of our guests said that when he first looked at Moodle he kind of looked at it for a minute and scratched his head and walked away from it because he didn't know what to do with it. Uh, because it is so different. It's, uh, it's a, it, it is the utility knife, uh, sort of, uh, I mean, the, the Swiss Army knife of, of the tech world. It, it can do all sorts of stuff and it can be very difficult to, uh, to wrap your head around it. So that's why we're hoping some of you, uh, uh you two can help some of our teachers out there. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, what are you doing? You've both already alluded to it, and I have a feeling this will be like 80% of our podcast here. Uh, what are you two doing in your classrooms, uh, using Moodle? And then Pam, we'll start with you first. Um, all right. Let me just say that, uh, at the beginning of the school year, um, our Moodle, uh, uh, course that had been that had been set up for our district. All of our elementary lessons were getting kind of lost in the shuffle with the high school uh, lessons and middle school lessons. So uh, our tech, our chief of technology, uh, I, I just kept complaining, and he was like, "Well, what do you want? You want your own Moodle site?" And I said, "Yes." And so he created our own Moodle site, set up our own Moodle site for the elementary. So we have the VIEW, and it uh, uh, stands for Virtual Intermediate Education at White Oak. And the way that we have used it, we did our professional development. Our teachers did their professional development classes uh, on Moodle lessons at home this year rather than hanging out after school for an hour or two. And so we have all their scores and their assessments from the little quizzes afterwards. Uh, we have... Uh, all the way from pre-kindergarten all the way up through fifth grade who have courses set up, um, uh, and they use it for spelling tests. Uh, in special education, I use it in my classroom, we have not had a uh, pencil and paper spelling test in two years. We've done it all through Moodle. Pam, let, let me uh, interrupt you there for just a second, Pam. How do you huh? do a spelling test in a textual medium? Well, uh, there are several different ways. We have a fifth grade teacher who created a Glogster, and she put her, uh, uh, sit, we use sit and spelling, and so she put her um, closed paragraph, uh, she scanned it onto a Glogster poster, and then she recorded herself reading it, and then she typed in the questions and just used it like for short answers, and the kids went in and filled in. Uh, we have a second grade teacher who, what she did is she created iMovies, and she would, um, she just created, so she took a picture of like maybe an ear where the kids just like click on it to listen to it. And then she voiced over that picture and she embedded that. You can embed anything you want to in Moodle. It's just so versatile. And, and as far as ours, sometimes we would give them a word bank. Uh, sometimes we worked, we, you know, if we had spelling tests that, and the words were anonyms, maybe we would say the opposite of open is blank, and then they would type it in. So they have to know that not only the meaning of the word, not only how to spell the word, but they also had to know the meaning of the word and how to use it correctly in context, which is ultimately a lot better than just rote memorizing a list of words. 
That's so, right. So, Pam, let me get this straight. They're actually listening to the audio as yes. the question. Right, which is perfect because especially, you know, in Florida, we have a lot of uh, uh, students that are having trouble. I kind of lost you, Eric. Having trouble what? Having trouble with the English language. We have a lot of okay. uh, Hispanic students that, that are their yes. native language is, 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 is Spanish. So if they're having trouble reading, sometimes somebody reading that for them, you can still find out this, what they what they awesome. know with, without the reading uh, interfering with the, the answering of the question. Absolutely. And um, you can take, you know, like, uh, you can import lessons uh, from one teacher to another, that's what our third grade uh, group did. They decided that they were going to do their complete social studies uh, through Moodle curriculum. They don't even have a, a textbook that they're going by. So they took the TEKS, divided the TEKS up, and each of them uh, wrote Moodle lessons uh, matching those TEKS, and then they imported them to each other's lessons so it divided the workload up. But they all had the same courses, you know, as far as social studies. And then they can go into that that lesson, copy that lesson, and then they can either enhance it for their higher learners or they can uh, bring it down, differentiate it down low enough for those, um, those those children who need extra help. Our enhancements, our enhancement teams uh, also use it. We use it in the computer lab all the time. Uh, we have WebQuest on, online. Uh, and we have we're starting an interactive whiteboard lessons course, so we're building that up right now. And Eric, that that leads perfectly into you uh, the interactive I, whiteboard mentioning. Abs absolutely. Um, I talked with Sean and, and Mark, and they said that uh, one of the products that you guys have at your school is actually one that that I really enjoy using with Moodle, and that is uh, the the notebook smart notebook software. Um, whether you use an Interwrite or anything like that, that has a record feature that um, if if I'm teaching a math lesson, um, as I'm doing it live in the classroom, I go ahead and hit record, and I record the entire lesson, how I'm doing the problem, and then mm -hmm. I say, then I save it, and then I upload it to my Moodle, and um, the students that are that are struggling with it that night, they can go home and they can rewatch it, and a lot of times I just go ahead and hit play right there after I record it because it gives you an option: do you want to replay it? And what I've noticed is a lot of the students that have trouble, you know, whether they're, they're your um, language difficulty or learning disabilities or, or whatever the, the situation is, sometimes if they hear that exact same lesson, the exact words immediately replayed, all of a sudden the light clicks on and they go, oh, now I know how to do that. So, you know, it's nice to be able to hear it immediately, but then there it's nice for them to be able to go home and hear it again when they get to home. Um, over and over again so the the inner right is perfect for that and also one of the things that i like that i didn't touch on is we also put links inside of our moodle that not only can they listen to my lessons but you can link them to any web page you want so let's say you want them to go to mr newsbomb which is a website that has games on it for math you put that link right there they click on it it takes them right to the game you want them to play um, or whatever your textbook page, your textbook website is, you can send them right to that link and have them do that as well. So <clears throat> that's probably a nice piece as, as well as the assessments. And we're actually going to look at doing all of our intensive math instruction. So, for example, if they have a low score on their statewide test, um, they're going to have, a, 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 instead of an elective, they're going to actually have the math course where 
we're going to go slowly through Moodle and we're going to record everything that they need to know and then have the assessments on that particular benchmark as well as all of our students that let's say in middle school they fail seventh grade math and they have to do course recovery and retake that course we're going to put that on Moodle so you could have five different kids in a in a classroom taking five different courses a student retaking a language arts class a social studies class a math class all in the same elective like computer lab and they're retaking their course um, together so it's pretty nice Mark and Sean let me uh, I mean uh, Eric let me ask you this um, at uh, at your at your school district, uh, have they started? I'm sure that they have developing your response to intervention programs. Yeah, yes, ma'am. That's yeah, okay. yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We, we have. Go ahead. We have our we uh, we have a a meeting coming up right after we finish up with our tax test, and we're going to start writing our probes for next year for third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade, so that they'll be right here in our Moodle lessons. So anytime we need to, you know, give a real quick, you know, 10-minute probe so we can assess, like, the growth of our RTI students compared to the whole group, we'll be able to get that real quickly. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And and one other thing that I was going to say, and you guys probably ha have it as well, but those state tests, like ours happens to be the FCAT, well, those state tests, they have some great links there as well. So in our Moodle, we just send them right there. So you're not having to, they're not having to memorize 15 different websites. They click right. on it, they click on it and it takes you right there. So it really takes the, um, the technology and the internet and, and brings it all together where it's just a click and sends them where you want them to go. Not, not where they're, they're typing in. So. Well, and I'll, I'll jump in here, Eric. I know you, you have, don't know this, but you're likely to hear this several times throughout this, uh, this episode is tax and tax is our state's uh, standardized oh. test. Right. It's, so. it, I, I, I figure that it, it started with a T and it's, it's just like, it's just like the FCAT. It's the same thing. And you know, what's interesting, you guys are probably doing it, but our teachers are up in arms because they're talking about um, the learning gains being based on their, their pay being based on their learning gains. Cause we're all trying to get that federal um, money, the race to the top and without getting into the whole political side of it, you know, I show this to teachers and I show math teachers and I say, I, you actually have a way for every one of your students to learn now because they can take it. Really, you're taking that teacher and you're providing learning 24-7. And uh, my students that have the little eye touches, I actually take the the um, format that I have that I recorded and I convert it over into an MP4 which is what the mm -hmm. eye touches use. So every kid that has an eye touch can sit there and watch my lesson because we have wireless at our school. So if they get stuck on a particular math problem that we, uh, we reviewed on, um, they can go back and listen to that specific concept. So it's truly individualized lessons because they're listening to whatever they need to listen to at that time for that problem. So it's not like you're holding one kid back talking about something they already know. They're all in their own place. And the, the best part back now that we're talking about the tax, and this is what I want your teachers to realize is imagine how powerful this is. The morning of FCAT, I had students before the math FCAT, I had all of my students, um, they were actually online watching my lessons in the reviews. So for example, mean, median, mode, range, any of those things that you wanted them to review. And I don't let the, I don't pick for them. I give them suggestions, but it's nice because they're on areas that they need. 
So, for example, imagine on the tax test, if there was a math teacher that wanted them to review a couple of concepts the morning of the test, they click on Moodle and they can watch exactly what their weak area is. Um, and it's nice because you can go on and I showed it to my principal and she almost fell out of the chair. She was like, I can't believe that. You know, I mean, it's it's amazing. And then if you look the night before, they're all going on because if I'm going to take the GRE or any type of test for a teacher, well, what am I going to do the night before? I'm going to cram. I'm going to cram and I'm going to study. Well, now all of a sudden you've got the you've got the teacher going over each of these concepts and then they watch it the morning before your your math scores are guaranteed to go up. I mean, even if you just had them focus on one particular lesson and you didn't want to stick a bunch of stuff in their head, you look at whatever their weakness was based on your your classroom, you know, formal and informal assessments and you go, "Hey, go watch this one thing." Well, you're guaranteed they got those scores to go up because whatever their weakness is, is now they're going to get it right. So to me, that's that's bang for the buck right there. I mean, you just, you know, unfortunately. Well, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to jump in here. You said something very interesting, uh, you, you know, as far as 24-7 learning. And uh, so I'll move on to the next question as far as, you know, uh, how often – your students are actually accessing Moodle, you know, is it, is it something that's primarily being used at home, in the classroom, a, a combination thereof? And uh, So I'm curious uh, your, your take there as far as how often your students are accessing it. Uh, so I guess we'll start with you, Pam. Okay, daily and yes, yes, and yes, they are accessing it at home, uh, definitely at school and uh, daily. Our, our students are accessing it daily. Now, I can't say that three years ago when we were first started. So if you've got a school district who are, you know, just getting started, then well, I encourage them to go and visit uh, our websites. And and, and we have a, um, a guest user set up, a guest username set up, and they can go in and look at any lesson that they want to look at just to get an idea of some of the things that uh, they would want to, you know, create and use it for. So uh, let me plug that. It's www. Uh, dot w-o-i-s-d dot net slash view v-i-e-w now uh so and that's, daily. that's interesting you said that they were a little resistant at first and i'm i'm oh, curious yeah. uh what what your take was on that as far as uh, what you saw there and what the adoption rate was i imagine it's it, it in just looking at it from my perspective it seems like it has a fairly steep learning curve at first so uh what what did you see there um well Initially, uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm pretty blunt, and which is why I'm in the position that I'm in right now. So when they said, "Well, you know, well, what about well, the, you know, they're always going to go. Well, we don't have the time, and well, everybody has the same amount of time during the day, so it all boils down to choices. So if you would choose to grade, use your time grading papers and running off papers, I choose to not use my time like that. I choose to use my time elsewhere. I don't want to spend all my time grading papers and running off papers. Also, uh, my my students have get more learning time, you know, than right. me passing out and taking up, passing out and taking up. So, and then when, when third grade, uh, when they took it and divided it and the workload was divided, then they saw how... Uh, how beneficial that would be. And then I took every single course. Uh, I'm the administrator for our uh, for our Moodle. And um, 
I took every single course and I indexed all those lessons and I put all those lessons in an index and alphabetized it according to subject and they can go into that one index and look through all those lessons and if there's a lesson that they're interested in then they'll just send me an email go import this to my course please and you know and it's there so oh, that's great. um so the time was an issue so we started having uh all time after hours help and we would host it after school we always would give away prizes and have food you know we we doctored it up a little bit and and um, you guys have great acronyms people, for everything, by the way. Come. Oh yeah, <laughs> we had a lot of people come, and uh, they they you know if you can just get your little hooks into one or two great leaders in that grade level, you'll get that grade level eventually because they're going to want to know why are those kids so excited, and motivating, what in the world's going on? And I'm I'm telling you, we have had people just in the last week who have been so resistant, saying, uh, "I want my whole course online next year." So oh, it's, it's taken it's taken a couple of years, but they see the benefit. Um, you know, sometimes we have uh, computer glitches, you know, we'll go offline or something and they'll go, well, I had this. But that's going to happen. It's going to happen. It ha it's happened at, at uh, conventions that I've been at. So, you know. Oh, absolutely. I think happen. that's when you're dealing with, with technology and, uh, you know, if you're sort of leading edge anyways, you're going to have to just uh, be prepared for those types of things because it's going to happen. There is one well, immutable know. truth about technology, and that is that it will <laughs> fail. It's a guarantee. Yeah, here's, here's what I tell them. You know, if I get up in the morning and, and my car won't start, I don't sell it that afternoon. You know, I <laughs> figure out why it doesn't start. And then, you know, you've got the ones that go, well, what if they don't have a computer at home? And I say, well, I don't know. Maybe their mom can get in their horse and buggy and drive them to the library. I mean, come on. You know? Right. Uh, and I think, Pam, you're, I think, Pam, you're right on. Um, we got to look at the future, not, uh, exactly. not, the, not the present, because the number of students, like I look at the middle school level and the number of students that have eye touches now in hmm. This part of the year versus the beginning, you know, I'm going to write a grant to get eye touches for my whole class, and I'm realizing by next year, I guarantee over the summertime, half my kids are going to roll in, and they're already going to have their own eye touches and their cell phones, and 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 that's that's where we need to look because if these students have their own little, um, any of the new phones that are coming out with are all going to be Wi-Fi, so Listen. they can act they can access the Moodle from their own device, and I really think we're like two years out. For middle school and high school students having their own device that they can they can access the internet take their quizzes and and i'm really seeing that moodle to me is almost better than a lot of the 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 answer devices you know where you're you press a b yes. or c or you yes. type in your answer i'm like well response, response devices i mean yes. essentially if i'm gonna if i'm gonna spend you know i think those are like 75 dollars probably per unit i'd rather yes. spend a little bit extra and get the the eye touch so they can do everything else besides just respond you know and uh it's yeah you're, you're exactly right i mean you're gonna have issues but uh the the efficiency and i i've always said that the amount of time you spend doing something it's return on investment so if you're gonna spend five hours making a moodle thing and it's done for forever, and it saves you all that extra time for every year to come. And like you said, you 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 divvy up the work. You don't make everybody reinvent the wheel. You sit down and you figure it out 
together because all of us are smarter than one of us, you know, and if you yes. do that, if you do that, then, hey, it's, it's the same thing because you really got all your own, your assessments. The state tells you what your questions need to be pretty much. You, yes. just have, you just have to take time and type them in. And then once it's there, it's there this year and next year and the year after. And, you know, just the amount of money, like you said, you're going to save on, on paper and, you know, without even looking at the green aspect, you know, you're, well, you're I don't know about in, in Florida, but we have, uh, uh, some of our, our release test, but, uh, the word is, is, there seems to be a rumor going out that they won't always be there that you may have to uh, later purchase those release tests. We'll put them in, get them now and put them in a Moodle lesson. Absolutely. Absolutely. To to borrow a term from our military friends, what you guys are describing is a force multiplier. It takes one teacher and makes them 20 teachers. Right. You're exactly right. It's multiplicity. That's exactly what it is. And that's where I think we're headed with this is you're not just teaching math. You're teaching them how to use technology and you're teaching them how to do it with free freeware. And I think that's what I like about Moodle is is everybody that's on it is trying to do it as inexpensively as possible. Where I think a lot of times in education, these companies were all out there trying to make millions and it was difficult. Where everything within Moodle, somebody's gonna tell you some free link or this or that, and all of a sudden you got kids that are using free resources like Jing, which I mm-hmm. learned they can record they can record uh you know, they could be doing a math problem on home using software they already have, like Paint, write the problem out, record it on Jing, send it to me, and then I can put it up on Moodle for the, the rest of the kids to watch the, the other students teaching each other. So it's just, you know, I think that the unknown is what's so exciting about it. And, and as far as the haves and the have-nots, uh, I think when something is, is new, I mean, like uh, color television, I mean, you know, or even, you know, automobile – you're, you're always going to have that period of time where you've got, you know, the ones who want their kids or even have the ability to provide their kids the the little extra boost. And you're you're going to have that. You're going to always have that. Um, that's not going to say that the, the children who are the have-nots do not have the brighter minds of all of them and, and maybe the ones that, that, that become the problem solvers. So... Um, Yes, I can see to some degree, you know, the, the validity in that argument, but also you have to look to the future. If you're trying to prepare them for jobs that have not even been invented yet, you better go right. get with something like this. Pam, Pam, you're exactly right. And I was a have not. We didn't have a TV till I was 13. So mm-hmm. and I, I went out and bought a home, a new brand new home computer myself just because I'm so excited about this. So I think. You know, if you have, and, and I'm sure Texas is the same way. They just raised all the requirements. If you don't oh, yeah. pass Algebra One, Geometry, and Algebra Two, and Physics in high school, you're not going to get a high school diploma. So now, all of a sudden, parents are going to start seeing Moodle and saying, "Wait a minute, there's these teachers out there that are teaching all these lessons. I can get my child instruction 24/7. Hey, I see the value in going yeah. to buy a computer now, and I think, right. I think." I think that's the the value added is is phenomenal. I mean, it's just, um, I mean, it's two it's tutoring twenty four seven. I mean, you, you you can't, and there's going to be a great teacher even if you got a teacher that's not very good in your mind, and and you're in their class, your high school physics class. You know, what? go click on somebody else's Moodle site. You know, and there's going to be some other kid that has a has a physics teacher that they love, and you know, you go watch it. So it's 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 exciting to see. Um, 
And, you know, I look at it like this. You know, if, if you can save 18 out of the 20 because they have a computer at home and all you got to do is find a solution for two to come in before after school, you know, right. I'm, I'm solution-driven, not problem-driven, not, well, what, what's, we can't do it because we have two without computers. Well, let's figure that out. You know, if somebody needs to cut, we're already here before school anyway, so you just have the kids come in and log on and, and use it. So there's always a solution to the problem if you focus on the solution and not on the problem. All right, Eric and uh, Pam, I'm going to I'm going to draw this to a close here. I know Pam, you need to go. We're on a sort of a tight window here. So uh, I'm going to thank you for your time. It was a great discussion. Uh it's it's wonderful to talk to uh, uh passionate uh, teachers who uh who are in the trenches doing this sort of stuff and I, I thank you for your time. Um, Mark Sean, thanks for putting this together. This is nice. I think the more teachers that that do it, the more we can all learn. I'm going to look and see what you're doing, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to talking to you all. And uh, when, uh-huh. we, when we do post this episode, the links to both of your Moodles will be up there, and, and we'll have all those things. So uh, anybody interested in uh, finding out more about either of you can do it there at, uh, at thetightwadtech.com. Sounds good, and all I'll right. send all that to you guys. Thanks, guys. All right, you have thanks. a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you all. Have a good evening. All right. Thanks again to uh, Pam Cranford and Eric Schwalbach for uh, their excellent input. And uh, we uh, look forward to hearing more from them uh, about the great stuff that they're doing in their classrooms. But for now, we're going to move on to our regular weekly feature, the uh, tips of the week. And I'm going to begin with uh, uh, the tech tip of the week. And the tech tip of the week is uh, a tool called UNET Boot In. Yeah, UNET boot in, uh, spelled U N E T B O O T I N. Um, so uh, let me tell you what that stands for. It's Universal Network uh, Boot Installer. Does that help? Maybe no. Okay. Uh, no, um, it didn't help me at all. <laughs> um, what UNET booting is, and you can uh, find it at uh, UNETBooting.SourceForge.net. It is um, a really a one or two click uh, tool for installing Linux on a pen drive so that you can have a bootable pen drive. Um, it does uh, Fedora, FreeBSD, Linux Mint, which we mentioned previously, uh, Ubuntu, PC Linux OS, OpenSUSE. Uh, it does all those things. It'll go out. Even You don't even have to have the, the ISO downloaded. It'll go out and do that for you. But if you already have something downloaded, you can just point it at that and go. And, and I use that a lot. Um, it's great if you're doing something like on a net uh, netbook that doesn't have um, a, an optical drive. You can just uh, uh, use this to make a USB drive bootable. So uh, that's a tool. Uh, the hardcore geeks out there already know about this, and you're probably going, lame, Mark, everybody knows about that one. But, you know, there may be somebody out there who doesn't. So uh, well, Bandana uh, Guy, I apologize for wasting your time on that one. I'll, I'll throw in there, Mark, because I'm one of the guys that didn't. You know, you had originally put this... Uh, up there and I was I was looking at it and I had no idea and then I, I actually went to the uh, to the download side and read up on it a little bit and uh, it made it a little clearer and uh, I've got a question for you about this actually because I was looking at it and I'm thinking is, could this be like a, a tech tool like if you've got some device that uh, if you know won't boot up into Windows or something is that a way that you could use this to to get in underneath and uh, maybe figure out a problem or okay i'm going to redeem myself with with uh um bandana guy right now i am such a geek <laughs> i carry with me a bootable ubuntu pen drive at all times 
And so if somebody's got a hosed computer uh, that's virus infected or the uh, the de- drive is just damaged in whatever way, I can put in my little Fedora or excuse me, Ubuntu pen drive and I can boot it up and I can access their files from it. So, yes, absolutely. And, and this is this is the tool that you use to do that. Is yes. that right? Yes. OK. OK. Uh, so, yeah, I, even, you know, me, I'm that middle-of-the-road guy, and I, I saw that, and that immediately popped to my head. And I said, you know, that sounds like you could really use it to, to get into a crash-down computer or something that, uh, you know, was virus-infected or whatever. So it sounds really neat. I carry two things with me at all times. I have a bootable Linux pen drive, and I have a bootable Spinrite uh, pen drive. I keep those on me, on my keychain at all times. <laughs> Yes, yes, you are, you are closing the gap between you and Bandana Guy, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well, is that uh, is that all you have on there? That? Uh, that's it for the teacher for for the tech tip of the week. Okay, so I'll jump in with the uh, teacher tip of the week, and the teacher teacher tip of the week this week is Scribble Maps. And uh, oh, let me see here. I'm looking at my link. I'm actually on the site right now. That is scribblemaps.com. S C R I B B L E M A P S dot com. And uh, what Scribble Maps does is it's really it's a it's a hybrid site. Uh, it's got the Google Maps uh, engine in there, and you can basically it's got all these neat uh, nifty drawing tools that you can uh, draw over the map. So if you're familiar with Google Maps, you can uh, you can go in and, of course, you can set your zoom level down to wherever you want, and you can actually uh, then use those drawing tools, draw uh, over the top of it, and... Uh, uh, and and then you can uh, you can save that you can download that that finished file there so it's a really neat way to personalize a map and uh, you know we talked about Moodle today I could see where you could actually go in make a scribble map and you might actually uh, put that file in your Moodle uh, particularly maybe if you're a geography or even a history teacher so uh, pretty pretty uh, cool little site very user friendly uh, point and clicky. Uh, uh, very simple, a lot uh, the way that uh, uh, Google Maps already operates, and I'm not sure who's exactly behind the scribble part, but uh, uh, but they did a great job of making it very simple. And once you've made your maps, you can export them uh, as a PDF, or you can print them out, or you can do whatever you want to do there. And uh, I mean, I could. There's insane cool potential for this for like a a geography teacher or a current events teacher if you're. Um, reading about some skirmish in Kosovo, you could pull up the, the Google map of Kosovo and, and annotate it. But let's, uh, you know, I could also see it. I'm not advocating using employer resources for private purposes, but at home, for example, you could pull this up and make a map to your kid's birthday party on it. You know, you just draw on that sucker and print it out and send it to people. And uh, it's it has insane cool factor. Uh, um, it's just, it's a neat little site. Right, it really is, and it's got all the usual stuff as far as uh, Google Maps is concerned. It's got the the terrain view and the satellite view and a hybrid view, and uh, so uh, pretty much uh, just about anything you'd want to do with the map. I see uh, you can do it here on Scribble Maps, so I- including uh, Google Maps turn by turn directions, that's there too. Right, right. So a uh, really amazing, nice, uh, beautiful interface, and uh, uh, it's just a, a great site. And uh, if you haven't gone there, go there, check it out. It's, it's definitely worth taking a look at. And that's uh, scribblemaps.com. All right. And uh, I, that brings this show to a close. Uh, Sean, you have any uh, closing comments to make? Well, I just, you know, great, uh, great guests again. 
I, I guess we're sailing under the right star because uh, we get to sit back and just let them do all the talking. So uh, great guests, and it was a lot of fun. All right. And we thank you for joining us uh, this week. As always, uh, please join us. Uh, visit our website at thetightwadtech.com. There's a comment section there where you can give us feedback. There's an email link. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. All sorts of ways for you to get information about us. But more importantly, it's a way for you to get information to us. As I say at the close of every episode, we are your servants, and uh, we want you to tell us how we're doing. So this is your opportunity to, to tell us uh, what we're doing right, what we could do be, be doing better. And uh, if you've got a, a show um, a suggestion or a, a tip suggestion, uh, you know we, we find these tips of the week ourselves. If you've got a great one that we're overlooking, let us know, and, and we'll share it with the community at large. And uh, I guess until Absolutely. then, um, this is uh, Mark signing off. And Sean signing off.